0: You're listening to Reach MD, the channel for medical professionals. Hi, this is Dr. Ann Goldberg, president of the National Lipid Association, and I'd like to welcome you to Lipid Luminations, hosted by Dr. Larry Caskell, presented by the National Lipid Association.
1: My guest today is Carol Mason. Carol presently is working at the University of South Florida College of Medicine heart health program. She serves as the clinical director of the division of preventive cardiology. She has been involved in preventive cardiology research, lipid management, and general cardiology as a nurse practitioner, as well as an educator in the arena of lipid clinic development and management for more than two decades. Ms. Mason, welcome to the show.
0: I'd
1: like to talk a little bit about a new type of certification called the ACCL. Can you teach us a little bit about that?
0: Oh, I'm happy to. Thank you. The ACCL stands for the Accreditation Council for Clinical Lipidology. It's been around for not quite a year. We launched our pilot last March in Montreal This is an organization that basically was set up, an independent organization that was set up to accredit or certify, if you will, the achievement of those in the profession of lipidology. Now, lipidology isn't really a profession, I guess, in and of itself, it's it's a medical specialty.
1: Well, I am a lipidologist, and every day I'm asked, excuse me, Dr. Kaskill, what's a lipidologist? So I was wondering if you could define it, Carol Mason, what, what's a lipidologist?
0: Well, I guess I would define it as someone who specializes in their medical practice, that is a medical professional, who specializes in the management of patients, adults, and children, adolescents, with lipid disorders. And lipid disorders are those disorders that incorporate abnormal levels of blood cholesterol. That would include, like, abnormal levels of blood, triglycerides, uh, elevations in LDL cholesterol, elevations in HDL cholesterol, the high density and low density, basically.
1: Well, Carol, what distinguishes a lipidologist from, let's say, just a general internist who deals with these people all day? Because the whole world has high cholesterol and high triglycerides.
0: Absolutely. This is someone who has taken an examination, shown that they have had experience, met the credentials that we established, that the Accreditation Council established for someone to meet the qualifications sat through an examination, met the educational criteria and the experience criteria.
1: What is the difference between the ACCL and the ABCL? Is is one for MDs and the other for non-MDs?
0: That's correct. With the exception of the American Board of Clinical Lipidology, the ABCL is MDs and DOs, physicians. The ACCL covers pretty much all other health professionals that meet the criteria. So that would be nurse practitioners, physician assistants, pharmacists, PharmDs, dietitians, exercise physiologists.
1: Let's say my PA wants to become a clinical lipid specialist. What should she do first? I mean, does she join this organization?
0: Probably the best thing to do would be to go online to the website and get all the information about how one would go about doing that. The ACCL has a wonderful little credentialing guide, and because unlike the ABCL, we have so many different professions who might want to, to take the exam and to become credentialed, it would be helpful for that person to have in front of them the specific criteria because it is a little bit different for each professional. So for a PA, they would look under the area the basic eligibility requirements for someone who is a PA to find out what those requirements might be. For all of those people who wanted to take the exam, the basic eligibility requirements are in the form of a minimum. There are minimum requirements which start with 200 points needed to successfully credential. You can get those points through either education experience or taking a course, for instance.
1: So the best place to start, I guess, would be the website, and that would be www.lipidspecialist.org?
0: That's correct.
1: And that'll kind of give a, a basic outline of what's required if someone's interested in doing this.
0: I think also it would be, I always recommend to people that the National Lipid Association, uh, which is the large professional association, they we have a website I believe it's www.lipid.org. We'll talk about the organization. Then we have chapters. There's a chapter in each section of the country now. And that's also a good place to go for additional information about how to take the exam, what to take, and to get resources that would be very helpful to the individual person.
1: If you've just tuned in or joined us, you're listening to Lipid Luminations on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. My guest today is Carol Mason, and she is the clinical director of the Division of Preventive Cardiology at South Florida College of Medicine Heart Health Program. Carol, how did you get into this field? How did you fall into lipidology?
0: I actually started in St. Paul, Minnesota, In 1989, when I graduated at that time and became a nurse practitioner, I had, prior to that, had been in cardiology. I spent 10 years in a coronary care unit, went back to school, got my degree, and became an NP, went to work uh, in private practice in 89 in St. Paul. And at the time, the science of lipids and lipidology was just kind of blossoming and being a big private cardiology practice, they, lipids were believed to be important, as, as we still do, of course, and I started working with one of the cardiologists and we built a lipid clinic program then. So I've been in it almost 20 years coming up. I came to Florida about four years ago. I joined the University of South Florida College of Medicine's Division of Cardiology as they were kind of rebuilding their program here in Tampa and I kind of started over with them. I'm working with Dr. Ann Curtis and their crew to build a preventive cardiology program. I think it's probably been one of the most exciting and most fun areas of medicine, especially because we can see where we truly help people to prevent this devastating disease. We've got still a long ways to go in terms of Of helping people reduce their risk, but I think prevention is key, and the more education we can do and the more opportunities we have to educate people. It's one of the things that I think is so nice about having this certification in lipids, and the fact that the American Board of Clinical Lipidology, the physicians recognized that it was necessary to have a team management sort of approach. I've always been fortunate enough to work in, in programs where I was recognized as part of the team as a nurse practitioner, working alongside dietitians and exercise physiologist and pharmacists, because this doesn't seem to be the kind of area of medicine that we're going to that physicians are going to be able to accomplish without our help.
1: and I know you've also authored a few books or a few chapters in
0: books. I've been fortunate enough to do a fair amount of writing because I started. Back in Minnesota, in, as I said, in 89, where we were just beginning to build these programs of prevention within cardiology. And it's just a, it was a wonderful fit, I think, as a nurse practitioner, as a PA, as a PharmD, any of us, many of us who've been in the field for 15, 20 years to join forces with, with physicians to help support them. And there's been a tremendous interest all across the country in all areas of medicine, primary care, OBGYN, wherever nurse practitioners, physician assistants have worked to assist physicians working collaboratively to help patients with areas like this where we can help teach and educate and support them in their uh, role to try to prevent the second heart attack or the first heart attack.
1: Well, let's get back a little bit to ACCL. My PA is hesitant to take another test because uh, she looked at one of my booklets and was scared of all the pathways. So what's on the test? What really do you need to know as a clinical lipidologist?
0: I would be very honest to say that the test is not that dissimilar from the tests that the physician. We actually copied our test from yours. We took your test, and we went through it question by question, and we took out about 25% of what was in your test, added in 25%. We took out a lot of the areas of genetic disorders and vascular biology. Those two areas scared everyone. And we added in more on pharmacology. We added in areas on behavior and compliance on special populations, some of the areas that we felt needed to be broadened in terms of the education piece. So the majority of the test is pharmacology. That's almost 25% of it. About 18%, the next largest area is nutrition and other non-pharmacological therapies, Then there's a little bit on lipoprotein metabolism, which I felt was very important for any of us. I think the nurse practitioners and PAs, and I think the PharmDs as well, who work with patients in lipid medicine and lipidology, work very similarly to the physicians, and I think we need to have that same basic information. Uh, small amount on clinical trials, a little bit more on metabolic syndrome guidelines, And then I mentioned the behavior compliance.
1: If someone's to take the test, is it all day? Is it a few hours?
0: I believe it's now running about four hours. takes most people between three and four hours. There's a break. They get up and... They have a 10-minute or so break. I believe it's similar to the physician the amount of time the physicians have for the test as well.
1: And what kind of preparations involve to, to even take the test?
0: I think it's very important that people study. Like any certifying or certification exam that anyone takes, regardless of how much education or training or experience, I think taking the courses that are offered, and there are a number of them that are offered by the National Lipid Association, They're offered throughout the course of the year. There are study guides that are sent to those individuals who prepare for the test. I think a fair amount of studying is required, and I recommend that they go through the review books. The questions that are on the examination are very similar to the questions in the review books. So once they're comfortable doing a number of those, a number of the review questions, they'll feel comfortable taking the questions on the test. They're all case-based.
1: And it probably makes sense to go to a review course, which are offered probably like four times a year.
0: Yes. It would be very helpful to do that. And I've recommended to people that they attend those courses before they really even start studying and then take the exam.
1: Carol Mason, thank you very much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Lipid Illuminations presented by the National Lipid Association. For more information, please visit www.lipid.org. Reach MD, the channel for medical professionals.